What is going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast, and thank you very much for being here on Let It Grow Investing with me. Man, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Uh, the market is just really throwing out some punches that uh, are really, really tough to to bear, right? So we want to cover a lot of the earnings that's going on out there. We want to take a look at some of the geopolitical tensions, some of what the Fed is looking at to see where we possibly go from here and see if we can finally land on some solid footing. So again, thank you very much for being here. If you are not yet subscribed, please go ahead and do so. Make sure that you uh, also go ahead and share, leave a comment, let me know what you think, and let me know what stocks you are eyeing up uh, through all of this market turmoil. So if you have not been paying attention, the market has been just uh, really, really rocky. Uh, I think that's one one good way to put it. Even on good news, we're selling off. Uh, so there's a lot of a uh, lot of pain out there, right? I, I'll see a lot of stocks hitting their 52 week lows just on Friday, right? I can I can go through a couple of them, but this is a very long list. We've got Chevron, Goldman, Bank of America, PayPal, Ford, Home Depot, UPS, J and J. Uh, Southwest, General Motors, Enphase, American Airlines, Best Buy. I, I mean, this list is is 50 stocks long, right, of big names. we got Generac, Hasbro, Medtronic, Prologis, Philip Morris. Uh, you know, it, it just keeps going. It just keeps going. So a, a lot of it, too, isn't even on bad news. That is, that is kind of the crazy thing. Uh, a lot of these individual names are getting caught in the crossfire of what's going on in the market you know, possible recession fears. The uh, the T-bills getting so high, right? We've got the the six month, the the two year, they're all over 5%. The, the 10 year is below that, right? So that is a sign we could possibly see a recession. And as we try to cross back over and get that 10 year yield higher than the two, the past couple of times that has happened, we have landed in recession. So we are watching all of this news, trying to take it all in stride, also trying to dodge a bunch of geopolitical tensions that are out there, right? We've got, uh, you know, uh, crew, uh, not cruise ships, uh, aircraft carriers. That's the ones I'm looking for going into, uh, you know, the Mediterranean worried about all this Israel news. And that is leaving us kind of shorthanded for potential problems that could happen with China and Taiwan. So we've got that front. We've got U uh, Ukraine and Russia problems. There's just things everywhere going awry. And that is just a lot of uncertainty for investors out there. So we're really trying to take it a day at a time. Do we stay out of a recession? Do we stay out of World War III? What happens from here, right? So it's a very hard time to go ahead and buy stocks and have them go up. You know, we could definitely zoom out, take that long-term approach, and know that uh, some of these stocks that I just mentioned that are at 52-week lows, we could certainly look at those for uh, an entry point, right? Did they have great news, but they're selling off because of other problems in the world? How long do these problems last? Well, we don't know that, but uh, if you've got uh, the time and the patience, I, I think there are some values that are really kind of you know showing their way through this crazy market turmoil. So. That's kind of why I'm here, right? I, I said last time, um, you know, with some different news coming out of Microsoft, out of Google, um, you know, I was looking to potentially get into uh, Meta stock, right? And I did. I, I told you guys that I did. I bought a couple shares at like 305 before earnings, which I know is risky, but my thought here was that advertising came through very uh, high for 
uh, Google or Alphabet, the parent company. And I thought that uh, Facebook or Meta was really going to benefit from that trend going forward. Well, they did, right? The the earnings was positive um, and things looked great for them. It was a good quarter. The forward guidance and the fact that we started talking about uh, p- potentially having some problems in advertising, some problems in cloud and spending, that uh, that took Facebook down, what, 5% the next day or after uh, earnings was announced. And you know what? I, I went ahead and I actually bought more. I, I kind of knew this going into it, like we could potentially see uh, a sell-off, even with good news. We've seen that a couple times, right? And I wasn't buying Amazon for uh, a couple of the same reasons. Uh, I didn't really know how uh, AWS was going to go when they reported their quarter. And you know, oddly enough, Amazon goes up. They say that they've got some, you know, positive outlook on AI, which I think everyone's mentioned at this point. And I guess I, I, I guess I got it wrong, right? I, I think that uh, the the general overall guidance was as I expected, right? The advertising was strong. The quarter was good. It's just that uncertainty going forward. And I think, uh, you know, Amazon had already had a lot of this baked in from uh, the previous quarter. They had a really solid read. We trended up to like 145. We were down into that 120 range. And uh, I mean, I had already had a pretty full position on Amazon. I probably would have bought bought some of that as well. But um, yeah, so I I looked at the two options. I really thought that Meta was going to be the benefactor of more advertising spend. Uh, I really... Thought they were going to get away from some of that, uh, you know, that metaverse spend that they were talking about. CapEx is still the capital expenditures, the money that they're looking to spend for 24 is still pretty high. That is still a concern for a lot of investors. But uh, I really think that there are some some real reasons that we could be buying those right now. Now, in the same breath, you've got a lot of uh, analysts saying that there's uh, really no love for these big mega cap tech names anymore. And uh, I truthfully think that that's wrong. I, I don't think that that is a long-term trend. I think that is a short-term narrative rather than the trend. I think that it sold off uh, because a lot of people have made a lot of money on these stocks over the past 12 months, right? You look at some of these names from from this time a year ago, and they are you know still 100% higher than where they were at that point. So I think you got a lot of people taking some gains out of these names that uh, bought last year. I think you've got a lot of people trying to invest in some other names that are doing even more poorly, right? The the Russell 2000, the whole small cap index has been, you know, doing the worst, right? They were the first ones to really roll up positive out of the pandemic, but since they've given a lot of that back. So we're seeing a lot of these big names in the NASDAQ, even in the Dow, uh, really get punished for a lot of other tensions that are not necessarily right their fault right now. Uh, just a lot of problems that are out there in the world and a lot of uncertainty about where we go from here. And so, I mean, I guess my my point here is you got to look at it long term. If you are going to be a long term investor, don't really worry about the day to day. I mean, yes, the the earnings is very important, but uh, I'm not so concerned with one event here or there when I'm looking at the long term trajectory of these companies. I don't think that you can really just look at uh, one quarter and really have a, a, a five-year outlook because a lot of things are going to change in that time frame. So I think you've really got to be bullish on the company, the the vision, the you know the management that's running the show, and really make your bets based on that. And until one of those things changes, I think you have to have some 
some confidence in the names that you're buying. You really have to keep track of them, right? So I've said before, you know, like how many names or how many stocks should you own in a portfolio? I mean, I think personally that name or that amount is probably under 20 names if you're really looking to invest heavily in individual companies. So, I mean, it, it really is uh, by the investor, right? But I mean, if if I'm looking at uh, stocks, I really don't want to have any more than 5% of my money in any one name uh, in my portfolio. So uh, definitely take a look at your market share to your portfolio value. And uh, don't get too overweight in any one name because these uh, these events like this do happen. Uh, you're going to get a lot of sell-off in, in some of the more uh, volatile type sectors, the tech names, uh, the small cap, the growth names. And you might not want to be overweight into any of those one positions or industries for the fact that we're going to get uh, you know more pain in some industries than others. Uh, we also had Chevron, right? They came out and uh, I believe they missed on EPS, but beat on revenue. And they're also buying the Hess, the Hess Company, H-E-S-S. I believe the ticker was H-E-S. That's a $53 billion deal. So they're actually, like I said, down uh, to a 52-week low on Friday, or, or at least midday Friday, on the fact that they, that they had a miss and that they're spending uh, a bunch of money. So I think that we can definitely take a look at some of these names that are dividend kings that have had this positive track record. Look at it as a a value in order to get into a company that's looking to grow through acquisitions. Yes, they're spending money in order to do that, but I feel like they've had very solid management decisions thus far. So I'm not so concerned at the fact that they're spending the money because I think they're looking at it as another way to grow. Uh, we've got uh, the trailing 12-month PE at 9.1. We've got about a 4% dividend yield. Maybe wait for it to get to, uh, it's at 3.9. Maybe wait for it to get to 4. See if this thing doesn't, uh, you know, go down a little bit lower Monday and really see where things go from here. But um, what else we got? We've got Enphase, right? We've got Enphase really missing this one. This was, this was brutal. Oh man, I didn't, I did not really expect Enphase to be as bad as what it was, but uh Let's just pull up the uh, the actual chart here on ENPH and see what we did. We were down fourteen point six percent on Friday alone. Man, this is uh, this is a terrible one year chart. We uh, we topped out at three thirty six. That was last November, I believe. I sold out a good amount around three twenty eight, three thirty. I, th I think for me, it just looked a little bit frothy at that point. And uh, I had made a lot of money. I didn't really want to have that market portfolio position uh, or my percentage in this name above 5%. And it was creeping close to it if it wasn't over it. So I decided to trim, right? I did not want that much in a volatile name that was uh, growth oriented. I knew this name was going to uh, be a, a wild ride, a roller coaster, if you will. So I decided to trim, right? And I think I bought back in in the low 200s. I've added to it at the 150 mark. I think I I think I added on this on Friday, right at uh, 82, 83 dollars. So I'm trying to build that position back up. It's been uh, very rocky. There's still a lot of buy ratings on this stock, but a lot of price targets have been cut. Even with that, from here we're still at about 50 some percent of upside for an average price target in the 120 range, roughly, right? So what happened? Um, well, we had a lot of uh, inventory levels that were rising. Uh, they couldn't uh, really get enough product out to the actual end users. 
So inventory levels were building. They started uh, undershipping product to their end markets to normalize their inventory levels, which was a big problem. We also had um, demand dropping in uh, Europe. We also had demand dropping significantly on their microinverters in the U.S. Uh, mainly, that happened in California, right? 4% across the board. Uh, in the U.S., 25% of that reduction or 25% reduction in sales in California. California is implementing a new metering uh, plan. So they went from uh, NEM 2.0 to NEM 3.0. Right now, that is going to limit the amount of uh, credits that residential customers can uh, receive from generating excess energy. So when they are generating excess energy, they were getting uh, tax credits or, or whatever they were getting in the way of, uh, you know, kind of government stimulus to, to generate more power, to have more, uh, you know, solar demand on their house. And now they are looking to uh, move to that next metric of metering. So they're going from 2.0 to 3.0. And the credit system has not caught up yet. So people are not looking to buy until they have that uh, those tax credits re-incentivized, which should be a couple quarters. So hopefully we start to get uh, you know demand coming back in Q2, Q3, 2024. And we start to see that move higher. Uh, hopefully, the the problems in Europe start to uh, alleviate themselves, and we get uh, more demand over there. So there's a lot of buy rating still on the fact that we know that it's going to be a couple quarters before demand really cooks back up. But um, and that's why I'm saying there's still a lot of a uh, lot of buy ratings on this stock, even though there's a significant amount of problems at the moment. It looks like it's going to be short term. Uh, I still don't think that this one should be this low. There's still, you know, very adequate growth levels that they are posting for the next year, next two years. So I'm still thinking that this is going to be one that is going to recover. Are we going to get back to that 330 anytime soon? I don't think so. I think we're going to be a while uh, if I'm being completely honest. But uh, I definitely think we can get back to the mid 100 levels within 18 months or so and kind of recoup some of these losses. So I think that uh, the the 80 dollar uh, 82 dollar uh, price right now is going to be short-lived i think that uh, within a couple quarters this is going to start to even itself out and we'll have a much better feel as to where we go from here um let's take a look at um i just want to take a look at some bank stocks i know a lot of energy stocks a lot of utility stocks are still in the same same boat as as end phase, right? There's a lot of problems there. Bank of America, we closed at uh, $25.17. We got down to $24.96 uh, on Friday, right? So this one is definitely getting beat down. We've got uh, Goldman. What else happened with Goldman? I know this one was uh, was struggling as well. We're down to $289.91. Uh, yeah, we also set that low, $289.36 on Friday. Uh, what do they got as far as any kind of uh, new update here. Uh, it says Morgan Stanley named a new CEO. Goldman Sachs. Uh, well, yeah, they're offering clients insights on geopolitics and tech. That doesn't really tell us too much. But yeah, there's a, a lot of problems with a lot of names out here. So my, my thought here is really start looking at the names that have had positive talk that have still gotten crushed, right? There's a lot to pick from. So if you're looking for some names that I really think are going to do well during a recession, that are going to do well regardless of what happens around the world. Uh, I think there's a, a wide list 
And I know a lot of people are running for safety, looking into bonds and treasury bills. And I mean, with a 5% yield on, you know, pretty much foolproof money, uh, I can't really argue that. I, I do think that your, I mean, obviously your upside is limited. That's the whole name of the game there. But um, I, I can't blame you for looking at a 5% yield, especially if you're closer to retirement. That do- definitely makes a lot of sense to me. But um, if you're in it for much longer than, you know, 10, 15 years, you've got a longer time horizon on your investing. I definitely think that some values are really starting to peak back through. So certainly take a look and listen in. Uh, there's been some some great earnings that uh, aren't really getting rewarded. So I'd start taking a look at those names first. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to come back and we're going to talk about uh, some different names that I am eyeing up for week 45 of the investing challenge. So stick around. All right, guys, we are back here on Let It Grow Investing. If you are looking for some financial help and you'd like some coaching here from me, feel free to reach out through the Spotify link in the show notes or through the Let It Grow Investing page on Facebook. I'd love to be able to help you out and get you on your path to financial freedom. And uh, with that being said, we are looking at five new names for week 45. And uh, as I say that, I was needed to look at what we are actually going to be buying for week 44. There are two groups now. There is the private Let It Grow Investing group on Facebook, and there is also the Investing Let It Grow page on Facebook as well, where we are uh, taking on a a lot more new members because it is a public group rather than having it kind of locked off to others. We have got uh, the uh, public page as well now. So I'm trying to take a look at both here to see what we are going to be buying. And a quick recap, we had five names last week. We were looking at Tesla, Netflix, uh, Bristol Myers, BMY, McDonald's, MCD, and Visa, which was ticker V. Uh, We've got uh, a tie here on... Actually, no, we got Visa in the lead on the Investing Let It Grow page. Let's see how it uh, fared over here on the Let It Grow Investing page to see what we're going to be buying. And... um, let me get to that page real quick. We've got uh, uh, pretty much a tie over there on the Let It Grow investing page. So we're going to be buying a Visa, which I really like. I, I like that pick. Uh, one, for their margins. Two, because I think they're recession-proof. Uh, they've got uh, you know a, a lot less involvement with the labor that they're going to have to be paying out uh, because they're not as labor-intensive as some of these other companies that are out there. Uh, I still definitely like Bristol Myers. I'm surprised that one didn't get any more love here on the uh, on the vote. Uh, them buying Marathi Therapeutics, I think, is a uh, a great move. They just set a new 52 52-week low on Friday as well. So I thought that that one could be a uh, a good spot to get in. Uh, but again, you know, Tesla uh, slowing demand on a lot of different things that are out there right now. We've got uh, Netflix adding more members than we previously had anticipated. Uh, McDonald's, uh, I think they're going to be recession proof as well, right? They're going to be having that buying power and able to really uh, control the market through a lot of their uh, their positioning and power. So um, I thought it was five good names here for the week. Uh, I am very happy to be buying Visa $200 worth into the Let It Grow Investing portfolio on Monday. And I'll be buying around lunchtime. That's what I normally do to try to take out any of that early morning crazy volatility that we get. And uh, you know, add in for the the weeks ahead. So really trying to outperform the market. The uh, the portfolio is 
in the red. Uh, I know that. We've got, um, let me take a look here and see how we are looking on the Webull portfolio. If you need to uh, get an account started, you can use my Webull link. The uh, link is in the description to get you going. You are going to get some free stocks in order for uh, signing up and using my link and depositing as little as a dollar. So go ahead and use that. Uh, to go ahead and get started. Uh, we are down significantly. I know we got into the green there for a while, but uh, this one started in 2022, a very rough year to get going into a new, new portfolio. And we have averaged in weekly, $200 worth weekly, like clockwork. And we are down to nine and a half percent on this portfolio. Um, you know, that's rough. It's really rough to see. But uh, at the same time, I know that... Uh, we've been able to deposit $17,073.95. Actually more than that, but uh, we do have a loss. So that is the net account value. So at least we've been able to tuck that money away simply by adding every week, right? And um, I think that this is going to turn around. I don't think that this is a forever thing. This is just a short glimpse into, into how the portfolio is doing at this point. But I think if we start seeing uh, this market turn around, get out of this correction territory that we're in, go back up another 20, 30, 40% uh, across the board in the next couple of years. I think we're going to be very happy with the fact that we invested now and we're building for uh, those future sunny skies, if you will. So um, like I said, we're buying Visa, ticker V uh, for week 45. We are looking at five new names. Uh, I, I definitely looked at some of those ones that were selling off I'm definitely looking for quality. I'm looking for names that I think we're going to be uh, comfortable owning for the next uh, you know, foreseeable future. Unless we decide to start selling out of some of these names, I thought that these could be some uh, some good ideas, some good plays. We've got my, my printer decided to go into cleaning mode for some reason. Sorry if you can hear that. Let me see if I... It won't even let me turn it off. Anyhow, so we're going to go right through that. Pretend you don't hear any printer noises. And uh, let's uh, let's get to the first one. Now, the first one... Uh, we already talked about it. Uh, it set a 52-week low. It's a quality name. They're buying Hess, and that name is Chevron. So I am looking at CVX as a uh, a growth play in a lot of ways, but uh, mainly I love the dividend that Chevron can throw off. And uh, I feel very comfortable buying this name and knowing that we're going to uh, have demand going forward. And I, I think that this is going to be a great company for us to add. Uh, plus, I think we're getting it at a uh, an oversold type position here, down 6.7% on Friday alone from some of their earnings and from uh, the fact that they're spending that $53 billion on Hess. So it is sitting at 144.35. We've got about a 3.9% dividend. Like I said, would I rather have a 4% dividend? Sure. Uh, it might get there through this week. It might be another rough week on the market as more earnings news comes out. But I am comfortable buying this one. Uh, at this price point, even if it doesn't drop. I, I like it where it is. I'd like it more if it's a little bit cheaper though, right? Uh, so when I'm looking at Reuters, we are in a buy rating. We've got uh, five-year returns of about 38%. We've got four broker upgrades in the last 120 days with no downgrades. Uh, price target for 12 months being 21.5% higher than where we currently are, sitting at $188. I think that the, uh, the Hess acquisition is going to add some growth. It might take some time. We've definitely got a lot of uh, you know, expenditures on paying for it. Uh, but I think that this is going to be a great company that has mapped this out. Dividend growth over the last year, 6.2%. Dividend payout ratio at 37.7%. 
and uh, they've been paying a rising dividend for for eons at this point. We've got uh, forward PE at a 47% discount. So um, that is only at a 10.6. The five-year average is a 19.9. So we are getting this one at a discount to that average. Uh, price to sales is sitting at a 1.4. Their five-year average is a 1.5. So a little bit less there as well. Um, I think a lot of people are trying to get out of uh, some of this energy names. As I said, a lot of these uh, utilities and energy names have set a new 52-week low. I uh, think that a lot of that reason is for the fact that investors are running to T-bills instead of going to some of these tried and true utility names uh, for having less risk. And they're getting a little bit more in that uh, the yield, right? So I think as that uh, starts to come back, we start to get people rolling back into equities out of uh, the, the treasuries, out of the bonds. I think that we're going to get more buyers on these stocks that are being oversold at this moment. So number one, CVX for week uh, 45. Number two, uh, I am looking at CrowdStrike, CRWD. And uh, I know this past episode, I was talking about waste management. They did move up to the upside. And I was also thinking, who else takes out the trash? Well, CrowdStrike does that, right? They, they get rid of a lot of the uh, hackers and scammers that are out there in the internet. And I don't think that that trend is going to slow down either, right? They're going to be needed more and more as we're going to have more attacks on uh, people's private information on the internet. So I'm thinking CrowdStrike could be a, uh, a solid play for us here that's going to have a little bit more growth, a little bit more risk. Uh, I was reading a article here on MarketWatch that said CrowdStrike and Zscaler stocks are top plays in rocky cybersecurity market. Um, some of the cybersecurity sector's biggest winners this year can keep powering higher, according to a Jeffries analyst who shook up his ratings on a handful of key stocks Thursday. Uh, Jeffries' Joseph Gallo now has a preference for high-growth cloud-based companies that skew towards enterprise customers and have exposure to federal spending and vendor consolidation. He said in his latest note to clients, such names can better withstand a challenge spending environment in his view, right? So we've got uh, that federal spend. We've got uh, a lot of big customers that um, use these these companies, right? So I think that is going to be a, a driving force for a lot of that spend. I still think that they're going to be strong. Uh, I think as, uh, you know, as waste management goes, right? It's very similar, right? People are going to have to have these companies in order to keep uh, things moving, things safe. And uh, I think that uh, it's kind of been neglected here in the past, uh, I don't know, 12 months or so on a lot of these cloud security stocks. And I, I believe that uh, that CrowdStrike could be uh, a decent name to add to our portfolio to give us a little bit more safety. And it's going to be very recession proof. Uh, there's only about 15.4% uh, of 12 month price target upside, but uh, the growth on revenue exceeds that. For 2024, we've got a forecasted growth of 35.6%. And by 2025, 74.3% of revenue growth for CrowdStrike. I like that growth. Uh, I like the price where they're at now. I think it's a decent entry. And I like the fact that we can invest in this one for a long term. We've got great customers that they have. We've also got the federal clients. Uh, it's trading at a 38% discount to their, uh, their five-year average forward PE. We're sitting at a 54.1, which is high, but their five-year average is at 87.5. We've got a uh, forward peg ratio at a 1.3. That is less than half of their five-year average of a 2.7. So it is trading 
for much less than the growth that we're used to seeing out of this name. So I think that uh, with all those things put together, uh, the fact that the NASDAQ has sold off, I think that this one could be a great name to add going forward. It's also at a discount to price to sales, which although uh, that is very high, it's at a 15.2, but the five-year average is a 17.9. Uh, so that is going to be number two for week 45 is CRWD for CrowdStrike. Number three. Uh, this one is just going to be a high quality name that I think you guys uh, will understand. And that name is Coca-Cola, KO, uh, Warren Buffett favorite, right? I, I think when we're looking at KO, we're looking at uh, a great dividend name, uh, a great uh, you know company that has some upside. They they have uh, had, had decent earnings. They uh, actually rose about 4% this, uh, this week, I believe. We've got uh, a buy rating on it. 4% doesn't sound like a lot, but compared to the other stocks and where they've all gone, all gone, all gone. We've uh, definitely seen that this one uh, has people trending towards it for for quality. We've got uh, about a sixteen and a half percent price target uh, upside on uh, KO. We've got um, six strong buy ratings, thirteen buy ratings, only five holds. We've got uh, revenue growth of about uh, five and a half percent for twenty three, nine percent by the end of twenty four. Not nearly as much as some of these other companies, but it is. A, uh, a dividend king, right? 74.2% of dividend payout ratio, which is high, but uh, we come to know and expect that from some of these uh, you know, tried and true blue chip companies that are out there. Dividend growth, about 4.6% over the past year. 14% discount to their forward PE metric, which is sitting at a 20.7, their five-year average being a 24. Uh, forward peg ratio is a 3.4. A uh, reminder that CrowdStrike was a 1.3. So you're paying more for this growth than you are for CrowdStrike. But uh, I definitely think that you're you're getting more of a high quality name that is going to be much more stable in the name of Coca-Cola. Price to sales still high on KO. It's a 5.4 versus a uh, five-year average of a 6.4. The S&P 500 average is a 2.2. So you're still paying up for uh, owning the quality name in KO. But uh, I do think it gives us a lot of uh, stability and security into our portfolio going forward. So that is number three. Uh, number four, I am looking at uh, Albemarle, which is a uh, ticker ALB. And uh, let me give you a, a quick definition of what they do. Uh, Albemarle Corporation is a global developer, manufacturer, and marketer of specialty chemicals. Company operates through three segments, energy storage, specialties, and Ketgen. Uh, energy storage business contributes to the growth of clean miles driven with electric vehicles and more efficient use of renewable energy through grid storage. Specialties uh, enables the prevention of fires starting in electronic equipment, greater fuel efficiency from rubber tires, and the reduction of emissions from coal-fired power plants. The, uh, the Ketchen business creates efficiency of natural resources through more usable products from a single barrel of oil, enables safer, clean, uh, greener production of alkalites used to produce more environmentally friendly fuels and reduced emissions through cleaner transportation fuels. So definitely a chemical company and one that has been traded down uh, big time through a lot of the uh, correction in energy and, and all these other uh, utility names as well. Uh, when I'm looking over at Reuters, it is a buy rating. There's a five-year return of 42%. Uh, 
We've got uh, two upgrades in the last 120 days, one downgrade, a average price target that is 79% higher than where we're currently sitting for a 12-month target of 242. That is from 25 analysts. We've got uh, seven strong buy ratings. We've got 13 buy ratings, four holds, and two sells. We've got revenue creeping up 40% for 2023 and uh, then declining a little bit to 33% by the end of 2024. We've got uh, a small dividend growth of about 1.3%, dividend payout ratio of uh, 4.8%, and um, 68% discount to their forward PE. The forward PE is sitting at a 7.2. The five-year average is a 22.9, so a big discount there. Forward peg ratio is a 0.6, so big discount there as well. So I definitely think that uh, as we get more and more demand for EVs, for batteries, for storage, I think that this business is really sold off more than it should be at the current price that it's sitting at. And I think we could be really ready for a rebound here on ALB. So that is going to be number four. And number five, we bought this one last year. It had a, a solid earnings. And uh, I told you guys that I did not buy it uh, before earnings. But that name is AMZN for Amazon. Right, I still definitely think that the uh, the AI that they are looking at, the the overall business, the quality that they have, AWS, the advertising aspect, everything that they're in is uh, is just leaps and bounds above other companies in the spaces that they are in. And I am uh, very very happy to to add this one uh, again to our portfolio. And I know you guys love this one as well. Um, so uh, a lot of the the reasons we've already covered as to why. I think we all love Amazon. I know that uh, a lot of these analysts are saying that uh, these magnificent seven stocks are going to get taken out. They're already in co correction territory. This one is in a buy target rating right now. We've got a five-year return of 45.6%. We've got uh, 53 analysts saying that it is a buy when I'm looking at the actual price target. So we've got 47 analysts saying that... Uh, We've got about 42% upside on Amazon right now. Uh, average price target being $170 at the moment. We've got uh, 18 strong buy ratings, 34 buy ratings, and only one hold. No sells at all on Amazon. We've got 24% uh, of revenue growth by the end of 2024. Uh, that's, a, that's a lot of revenue on this you know, multi-trillion or trillion dollar company at this point. They are, uh, are pretty massive. So uh, that is a, a huge number of revenue growth when you're looking at Amazon. We've got a 35% discount to their forward PE, which is currently sitting at 46.5. We've got a price to sales, which is sitting at a 2.4. Their five-year average is a 3.4. Uh, I think a lot of this business that uh, Amazon is in is going to continue to thrive. Uh, it's almost become a verb. Similar to Google, right? You're you're just gonna you know Amazon it and, and get it there tomorrow. I think everyone is really on board with the online shopping. That is definitely a, a bulk of their business. Even though AWS is probably bigger than their online shopping at this point, I think any industry that they try to get into, it is uh you know every other smaller company is in the crosshairs of where Amazon is looking to go. I think that that is going to continue to be the trend. And uh, I am comfortable buying it here, especially with 42% upside from those uh, 40 some analysts that are saying that this thing is only going higher. And um, yeah, for all those reasons, that is uh, why I'm looking to add Amazon this week, guys. So uh, again, number one, Chevron CVX, they are buying Hess. They had a, a miss on 
EPS, but I believe they beat on revenues. CrowdStrike, they're taking out the trash and all things internet. Uh, Coca-Cola, high quality blue chip name that uh, I believe is going to continue to pay us a, a strong dividend going forward. Albemarle ALB for all things chemical, EV, battery storage. I think that they're going to continue to grow with what is going on in the backdrop of EVs and energy in this country. And Amazon, uh, I think they are just a powerhouse that is a force to be reckoned with in all areas of business that they are in. Uh, so that's the five I got for you guys. Please get your votes in. Let me know if you uh, aren't on Facebook. Uh, just you know, shoot me a, a message on uh, Spotify or actually, you know what? I'm just going to make the poll on Spotify as well this week. So get your uh, votes in on Spotify if you need to or get over there to the Let It Grow Investing pages on Facebook and get your votes in for one of these five. Thank you guys for voting for Visa. I will be buying that tomorrow. Ticker is V, adding $200 worth uh, to probably average down on our position on Visa. And uh, with that being said, thank you guys for stopping by. Please make sure that you uh, like, subscribe, and share. And I will catch you guys in the next one. Take care. As always, thanks for stopping by. Please make sure to like, subscribe by turning on the notification bell, and sharing this podcast to help our community grow. Check the links in the description for offers on E-Trade, Binance, and Crypto.com to get your investing journey started. You can also help support the podcast on our anchor.fm webpage. Until next time, let's get invested and let it grow.